Is your gym bro suffering from flaccid muscle contractions? Is he spending significantly less time mirroring at the gym lately? Are the amount of gym selfies to new puppy photos significantly less? Sometimes, the best thing to do is admit when your bro is turning to dough. That's where Erectadol comes in. Erectadol can reflate even the sorriest of physiques. Common side effects may include hallucinations, increased gambling, uncontrollable erections, trouble swallowing, runny nose, blindness, dizziness, canal discharge, gas with oily stool, bloody hemorrhoids, back knee, excessive hairy brows, fishy halitosis, boils, open sores, genital skin tags, leaky nipples, constipation, violent flatulence, psychotic clown nightmares, loss of appetite, dark urine, jaundice, explosive diarrhea, rectal bleeding, fever, chills, body aches, joint stiffness, bone pain, fatal internal bleeding, and imminent death. I'm Dr. Integrity and I approve this drug. When you're tired of anal bleeding and erectile dysfunction, head on over to mapsfitnessproducts.com. Fitness products that actually work. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this motherfucking episode. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Of the Mind Pump. For the first 48 minutes, we have our introductory conversation. We start out by talking about my son's school project. He's starting a podcast. So cool. Oh, he's man. starting, he's, he cusses on it and everything, just like Mind Pump. Be, <laughs> wow. I told him, I said, Mind just, Pump Junior. Yeah, I said, just be crude. They'll love it. Trust me. Your, yeah, your, 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 your teacher. teacher. Will love it. <laughs> High scores all the way across. Then we talk again about the Netflix show Big Mouth. Brilliant writing. I'm getting caught up to Sal. Oh, it's so hilarious. We talk about Adam's Instagram Q&A and his little scuffle. Yeah. Scuffle. With Bradley Martin. Not, it wasn't a scuffle. Little, it was more of a scuffle. Yeah, it was a scuffle. Yeah, it's kind of like a friendly back and forth. Yeah. Uh, we talk about- Cheeky. The horrible traffic uh, in the San Jose area and changing the way we travel and shop. And one of the leaders in changing the way we shop and consume products is Thrive Market. They are the largest online re- retailer- of non-GMO organic food and products, including animal products, skincare products. Stuff gets delivered to your door in like 48 mm. hours. The prices are lower Cleaning than- Cleaning products. Oh, it's lower than you'll find at Whole Foods or anywhere else. Great place. We are sponsored by them. If you go to thrivemarket.com forward slash mind pump, they're going to give you a month free membership and 25% off your first order. Remember, that's included at the end of your shopping experience. Then we talk about the rise of the robots. We're terrified. <laughs> oh, man. And we mentioned skinny, Terminators. Skinny dipped almonds. Uh, Adam talks about his strategies on how to not <laughs> overeat these uh, delicious, uh, somewhat healthy snacks. Um, you got to consider that. Now, we are sponsored by Skinny Dipped as well. If you go to skinnydipped.com, enter the code MindPump, you'll get 20% off your order. And then we talk about. Scary movies. Oh, boy. Then we get into the questions. The first question was, this person's a personal trainer and is against group classes but wants to start boot camp classes because it's a great way to monetize. How do they not feel like a hypocrite? Mm. We talk about boot camp, the benefit of boot camp classes, how to run proper boot camp classes. I like and how to be classes. Yeah, boot classes. Those are my favorite. You like that Freudian slip? Yeah. <laughs> and oh, we get, yeah. then the next question was, uh, what would we say are the pros and cons of going into business Alone or with partners? What is our experience of working with each other? How much do we like each other? How much do we hate each other? Is it working? Is it not working? All of the above. Find out. Next question was, how do we approach isolation exercises with really low reps? 
Like, should you just do compound movements with really low reps or do isolation movements have benefits with really re low reps? You know, like lateral raises, skull crushers, curls, that kind of stuff. And the final question, what do we think of the fat-burning supplements CLA and L-carnitine? Are they a waste of money or are they beneficial to invest in? Also, this month, October, MAPS Aesthetic, our bodybuilder, physique competitor, and bikini competitor Inspire program, the program that's dedicated entirely to getting your body to look aesthetic and help you shape your own body based on what areas you think you need to focus on, is half off. 50% off MAPS Aesthetic. Go to mapsblack.com and make sure to use the code BLACK50, B-L-A-C-K, the number 50, no space. You'll get 50% off at checkout. And if you want to check out our other MAPS programs and our bundles where we combine MAPS programs and discount them, make sure to go check out mapsfitnessproducts.com. Justin's last. First. You guys. First. I don't even have this attached yet. God. Oh. Trying to get our Thrive Market ready. God. Jeez, man. Who invited the new guy? Yeah. yeah that's Who it. invited the new guy? He today? hates. You know, it's funny. Justin was that kid that Fuck you could you probably guys. get Justin to do anything if you timed him and told him it was a race. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, Dude, why do you think I hate CrossFit so much? Is it? <laughs> really? I'll race you the corner. Yeah. Are I, you, I, I'm like that guy that just gets suckered into that. You know? Are you? Were you like that as a kid? Like if your dad's 100%. like- 100%. Your dad's like, okay, I got the like, stopwatch. Yeah. Let's see how fast you can wash my car. He's Go. Like, your, your brother already <laughs> finished. No, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm just like, like hustling it as it fast is, as I can. To trick him into doing chores. Uh, bro. Every time. By the <laughs> way, that's a very effective way of getting your kids to do shit. <laughs> oh, I do it to my youngest. He's got the, I don't know if it's a young characteristic because I was the, the younger son. Right, you know, trying to keep up with the older brother. Always trying to outdo my brother. Always. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. so great. I, yeah, I do yeah. it on my kids. I do that on my... Well, <laughs> it doesn't work on my boy anymore, of course, and I was too old. My daughter... Now she just gets mad. Don't time me because that because <laughs> if I time her, then she's compelled. So much pressure. Yeah, because then she's compelled. But when they were younger, it was hilarious. They'd be like, "Oh, everybody, you ready? Let's see how fast you can clean up your toys. Go!" And I'd yeah. pretend like I'm watching the, the clock, and they'd yeah. be going all fast and hustling. Yep. Ten seconds left. Ugh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Ten seconds. Yeah. You make a game out of it, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's it's a funny thing about human. It still works on Justin, though, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not with everything, so don't get all excited. Yeah. Dude, yeah. oh, I forgot to tell you guys. What? So my son, is one as part of his homework in one of his classes, guess what he has to do? What? Uh, what? Record a podcast. What? Yes. No way. His teacher? Yes. Dude, how, that? how great is it? You're going to let him come in no here? He's going to have like super way. great quality? Well, so I thought uh, about it. I come thought, on, dude. That's part of being no. a dad. It has, it's oh, a podcast. You've got to hook him up. Dude, we're just... We're going to overhand it's, all his, the other students. Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. Relax. Doug's Doug's gonna, squash them Doug's in their place. Doug's going to produce it up, throw oh some sound God. effects. No, he they has have to, no chance. He has to do it. He has to do it. I'm Come do on. It uh, hold on. Let me finish right now. So he did. So first of all, the episode needs to be under three minutes. So there's not really much he can do in three minutes. <laughs> he yeah, he's quick. He needs to interview two people, which he already did. And the interviews he did with his buddies were in the pavilion or whatever the school where everybody's doing it. So that's already been done. Um, but what I am doing is I'm coaching him through the intro, the transition, the outro, and it's so funny. So I told him, I said, so I had him listen to our podcast and how it starts, you know, with the music oh or whatever. God. Yeah. And so I said, let me intro your show. Like I'm a dude introducing, you know, you as the host of the new pod, whatever. He calls the podcast the singularity, by the way. How cool is the that? The singularity. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tech podcast. And the question he's asking his friends. Oh, wow. 
He's asking his friends, do you think uh, gaming, you know, like video gaming or whatever, is should be considered a sport? And so we got two people. One guy answered yes, and one Dude, guy these kids no. are smart as fuck, I man. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. not think to be doing shit like that and asking questions like yeah. that. that well, is so it's pretty, very, very intelligent. So it's really cool, right? So I helped. So I did the intro for him, like, you know, welcome to the Singularity Podcast, and here's your host, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so he's so going to slap- The robots are going to, like, kill us all. So he has this, uh, well, it's a tech podcast. How great is that name? Yeah. So he has, the, no, there, there's this program that they're all required to use to edit it. So, because I thought, oh, shit, can we do it? My, my son's so- I guess he knows about this stuff already. He's like, this is a crap program. We could totally use, he named us some other stuff. I'm like, I don't even know that stuff. But anyway, he's he has to edit it himself and do all that, all that other stuff on his own. So, Bro, you have oh to still let him God, come in and so use the great. studio. So He could still do I want to jump here. in on his podcast. So it's recorded through Spice his computer. I don't know how we would do that. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about bringing him over here. And, you know, having him use the mics and, you know, be able to Bro, put it through their program. The kid is getting ready to do a, a project about podcasting. His dad is a famous podcaster. Yeah. How could you Dude, not? If I was a carpenter and they had like, you know, a project to build a little mini house, you don't think that that would be like a little mansion? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? Elevators. Yeah. No, you know. Even so, like, it's pot, it's what you do. So it's what you do for I, a living. Like, that's just a, for a kid, that's got to be I, such a cool I thing. I know. So I'm. I'm <laughs> you got to hook him up with the fucking best sound and the best everything. Well, like, I'm working. He can still do it himself. Here's the thing. I'm Exactly. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fighting the urge. Every parent has this urge when you have your kids do projects, especially as they get older, where you want to do it literally for them. Like, right. no, that's not how you, you know. Yeah. That's not how he's going to learn. He has to do it on his own, but I am involved. I am coaching him, and it's a nice bonding experience. And I'm having him listen to segments of our podcast so he can see what to do. So what we did already is I recorded the little short intro, and then he introduces himself. So this is part of his show, and he wrote the script and he's reading it off. And I'm listening to him like oh, he's got some he's got some confidence, All like right. the way he read you know the way he's doing it. I'm like yeah. that's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. I see a little bit of talent there. That's why I think oh, it would be cool man. to get him in here and start. To, I mean, how cool would it be to help produce like the first like kid podcast, and your son ends up being like a podcast host? Well, I had so I'm thinking. Come you, on, yeah. Dude. Well, I'm thinking is uh, what I want to do. What I may want to do is have him come in here and do the parts where he's on his own in here because the sound is so good. But the recording of the interviews, they are the way they are because they were his friends. You know what I mean? Right. So unless we schedule time for all them all to come in, but it's probably not going to happen. They do all that on campus. I would totally, yeah, I campus. would totally be game for that. I think, yeah. it, I think it would be cool to have uh, him come in here with his. How yeah. cool would that no, be? No, it's for just funny. It's in our space. His, his friend know? is sitting like one of the chairs. And yes, he's here and dude. Like, how cool <laughs> it's only that? three minutes. So and this is the problem. We need, you know, we're doing an intro, uh, him introducing himself, then and then we have one interview in between. He's going to do a transition. You know, okay, so that was me talking to whatever. And, uh, you know, his opinion was this, you know, my next guest, his opinion's a little bit different. Let's see what you agree with or whatever. You know, he's going to come up with his own, you know, transition. Then he goes in the next one and then the out outro. There's not a lot of room. Three minutes is nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, anyway. I still it's think fucking cool, right? <laughs> it's way cool. <laughs> what yeah. I find cool about it is that his school is having them make a podcast. No, which, it's amazing. Like, that's just showing that it's becoming more re relevant yes. you know, in, in the public. Yes, it's not, you know, at some point you would make a radio show or something back in the day or whatever in school. It's not like that anymore. Yeah. And, and this is part of their homework is that they have to learn how to record this podcast. If you look at the sheet, it says all the stuff that helps them get a, a good grade, which is no sound in the background, you know, good voice, projection, you'd have to be on topic. Like, I'm listen, I'm reading this thing, and I'm like, well, this teacher has a good idea of what podcasting is, you know, is, is really like. 
then they have to edit it themselves so they have to figure out how to do the you know cut the clips and edit them and put them together and slap the intro at the, the beginning and the outro at the end fucking great man how cool is that it's way cool yeah, it's so exciting how neat is that though that was it almost four years ago now when we were all sitting around talking about podcasting and i remember when we first started and if i told somebody about like most people i'd say podcasting like i have no idea what that even was i know much yeah. less do i listen to it's one. like the worst name if you think about it you know it's like it, pod like ipod and pod and like i podcast I was like what the fuck is that like just why don't they just call it like online radio well whatever. i think they're trying to like broadcast right yeah. they're trying to, to play on that word it's not broadcast in the same way it's a it's a you know, pod i guess cast it is a stupid name it's yeah. a dumb name it's a dumb name yeah. what would you what would you guys call it uh probably i don't know internet radio yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's what <laughs> i mean some simple yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't know something yeah. along something yeah. along those lines i think it's just digital me. talking <laughs> unfiltered talking yeah. digital talk radio computer that's, even that sounds better digital talk radio digital so. radio yeah, yeah. Well, it's a digital radio you know what the thing about radio though when you say radio uh, it's a nice throwback. It's a formula but at the same time i think for a, for a while there, there was a little bit of competition, mm. but now there's no more competition. We know no. what's happening to radio. They all have their own podcasts yeah. on the side. Radio sucks. You guys ever listen to radio? Yeah, do you? It's, it? it's 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 hilarious. It's terrible. Yeah. They were making a joke on on Big Mouth about that. You were, did you see that scene? What was it? What did it oh. No, there was a Welcome. scene where she's like listening to the radio, and the radio guy's like, "If you're listening to this, you must be." And he gave like two places, and I started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the most like you think about. It, you're like, oh my god, those are like the only places that someone would be playing yeah. radio. Dude, still, that show, you're probably a truck driver. Yeah, that yeah. show exactly. I think yeah. that's one of the things he said. Yeah. That show, Big Mouth, has to be the most brilliant writing i've ever seen that captures adolescence mm. so intelligently you have to have a dark characterizes all, the whole thing oh it's just so smart you yeah. have to have a dark sense of humor in order to get through though the crudeness of it to understand and the see, brilliance to see the brilliance yeah because but i kind of has to be crude yeah i mean going through that process no no, no I, awkward as fuck i agree with you but i'm just saying yeah. that the the average person if you don't have crude humor or you don't have a dark sense it could of humor, turn you off it could turn you off right yeah. away and you won't get into the show enough to see like the brilliance behind it mm -hmm. i 100 percent think it's i think it's a brilliant show but boy do they this ep this season Dude, they they push the they push the boundaries it's so man. smart because <laughs> it, it, it what they did is they took who you know the guy who wrote it. Uh, I know Nick Kroll yeah, is Nick Kroll. And then, uh, there's the other um, Delaney. Uh, uh, um, I'm not sure Delaney. He's he's another comedian. Anyway, anyway so smart because yeah. what they did is they took adolescence and they have these these cartoon characters and they have a hormone monster that is like their buddy. But that is a, a brilliant way for them to separate and explain what your hormones do to you at that age and so for the guys it's like this really horny filthy you know terrible hormone monster that says the most inappropriate yeah, terrible yeah. shit wants to jerk off to everything everything it's just <laughs> terrible right but they yeah. they characterize it so well with this monster and then the girl's hormone monster makes her like angry at her mom yeah, and you super know, emotional like, super emo what the, the fuck's yeah. going on with me and then one of the girls is like has this poster of this like romance novel guy who's like 40 something years old and she just envisions him like I love speaking to you all night long and listening to what you you know and it's yeah, like yeah. it's so accurate and, and and then they have a shame wizard that shows up in season 2 who as an adolescent can you remember feeling shameful for all these weird oh, yeah. feelings that you would get you of know? course yeah it was so good no yeah. no it's a, it's it's well written it really is it's not just a crude show but it will come off that way if you don't have that sense of humor i think we all have a dark sense of mm -hmm. humor so 
because I could, I'm watching it sometimes. I'm like, oh, like, whoa. like Katrina and I were far. We were, yeah, yeah, we were watching last night and we we're laying in bed and, and she's like, are you still watching this right now? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm watching it. We just hadn't laughed. I was like so intently watching how far they were pushing the limits. I was like, oh my God. You're right though. If you get past all yeah. the crudeness, like there was a few, I'll pause the episodes a few times and I'll stop and I'll look at Jessica and I'll be like, so brilliant how they captured, like there's a scene in season two, you haven't got there yet, but they do this school retreat where all the kids, you know how schools do this where they go spend the night somewhere and the kids are all in sleeping bags or whatever. Uh-huh. And each one of the kids has a shame wizard or the same shame wizard. And although the, all the kids are different, they all they all feel insecure about something and they capture it so fucking well. Like there's the gay kid who doesn't feel like he belongs with the boys or the girls. And then there's the popular girl and her shame wizard. And then there's the, the one kid that goes through puberty quickly and he's really big and already kind of mature, but he feels awkward and embarrassed by it. And, the one, and then there's that one boy who still hasn't gone through puberty yeah. and he's embarrassed about that. And it's like all these different things. It's like, whoa, you realize, you know, we're all, we all kind of feel the same shit when we're going through that, that right, age, even right. though we think we're the only ones. Right, right. So good. No, no, it's So good. smart. It is good. Dude, so what, what's, uh, were you in a, a mood or something last night? Why? <laughs> what? We saw you do that whole like Q&A thing. You're going people on love, people love when I do that. Yeah, but yeah. you were, you were firing some, some shots across yeah, the bow there. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing, Let, dude? Letting them fly. You, I, I, you talk, are you talking about the Bradley Martin jab? Yeah, yeah what's yeah, going a on? Bit. A little bit. I was being a little bit of a dick. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. You you know, I was talking to Katrina last night. We were watching the football game, which, side note, that was a crazy game last night. Is this and, where your TV is downstairs now? Yeah, yeah. It's downstairs. Damn, I was actually watching it and didn't finish it. Like, uh, Oh, do, are you kidding me? You didn't finish that game? No, because I was out Oh, uh, I want to punch eating. you in the dick I right know. now. <laughs> dude, That was, it, 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 you know what that ended up being? A 43-40 to 40 game. Dude. Oh, my God. It was, in, it was. It was insane with, yeah. a, with a, a last-minute Green Bay and the Niners. And mm-hmm. then, oh, wait, who won? So the, the Green Bay won. But here's okay, let me tell you why it was such an intense game oh, game watch. for me and I'll get to the Bradley Martin thing in a second. But so I bet a three team teaser uh, this this last weekend. So I, I bet on football every weekend. I was uh minus 600 going in going into the Monday night game. Or excuse me, into the Sunday night game. And so I'm down 600. I prog- I bet progressively. So if I'm down and I've lost two bets in a row, I keep doubling up the bet. So I've got a 2,000, I'm laying 2,000 down on a three-team teaser. What that means is I need all three of those to hit. Now, the advantage to someone who's betting, it allows me to manipulate the points. So the, the Vegas comes up with the odds, and when you're betting three things, you're allowed to tease the points up or down six points. So I took uh, that Sunday night, it was the Chiefs game, and I took the over and I took uh, the Chiefs to cover, and I, I that, that was kind of the nervous bet that I had. And then I had Green Bay and the Niners for my third bet, and that was going to be my lock bet because I was able to tease the Green Bay Packers to give them a, a plus point, so the Packers were supposed to roll the Niners. That was supposed to be my quote-unquote lock bet. No, man. So I win the, made a fight out of it. Oh, man, I win the first two bets. I'm going into Monday night already talking about my win. You know, like I've got this in the bag. Like there's no way. Green Niners are banged up. They got a backup quarterback right now. Beat hard. Dude, just. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> no, it's Bethard, right? Be- yeah, Bethard, Beth- I think. Uh, is I just you- read it as beat hard every time. I'm <laughs> He's like, wow. 
So the Niners right come there. out leading. They're like leading the whole game. Yeah. And I'm like stressed as fuck. I was like, this yeah. was a guaranteed lock. I'm going to lose $2,000 on these damn Niners because they're playing the best game of their life all of a sudden with right. their backup quarterback. Well, it's Monday night. You know, you got you to gotta perform. But anyways, they, they they win. I won. So it was cool. So, I, so you won two grand. So I, so I bet two grand to win 1500 So I won 1500 I was down 600 So whatever. Was Lunch that? on Adam. 900 yeah. whatever. So. Yeah. Anyways, Luna. so I'm I'm Luna. I'm into the game, and then all of a sudden, like I'm intently texting back and forth, and Katrina's like, "Who are you talking to right now?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm talking to uh, Bradley." She goes, "Martin," and I go, "Yeah." I, I said, uh, "She goes, why? What? What about?" Because you could tell that I was going back and forth with him. And I was like, "Well, I was kind of a dick." She's like, "Why would you be a dick to him?" I'm like, "Well, you kind of pissed me off," and she's like, "What do you What do you mean he pissed you off?" And I'm like, "Well, I said I don't I don't know. I said maybe." Uh, I don't know, maybe he bruised my ego a little bit. She's like, come on. You let some young guy like that bruise your ego? She goes, I ain't buying it. What you, what, what's the deal? And I go, well, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like I'm just, I'm more judicious about my time. And so there's just not a lot of people that I have the opportunity to communicate with via text. And what I mean by this is we've been blessed and honored to have now probably in the hundreds, right? We're probably close to over a hundred people, I believe, that we've had come through show? come through this show. Yeah. Yeah. And many of them I've built really good relationships with. And many of them I wish I had more of a relationship with. I just don't, it's impossible. I've never in my life been in this position where I feel like there's these brilliant people that are amazing that I I want more of them and we're on this text there's no space and there's just no space there's yeah. no time so I feel the same I so I told her I said maybe maybe it's because my ego was bruised because he didn't respond to a text message that I sent to him and I, I sent him a really heartfelt text message in regards to what he was going through and his last YouTube video that he had done like a, a week or two ago. <laughs> you're, and, like, you're like when a girl texts a guy, like her boyfriend, and he, he's well, that's goodnight. And that's what Katrina was giving <laughs> Katrina was giving me a hard time. Love you. Because she goes, you know, it, it comes off that way when you do that. And I said, no, I, I get that. You know, and I said, and I know that I poked him in an area that I, I know that he identifies with his his persona that he has built on social media. So I know to attack him or poke him on social media really probably was going to sting a little bit. And I did, you know, and, I, and he definitely responded to me right, right away and stuff like you that. You guys make up? Yeah, we're cool. Like we're, we are fine. But I, I think that I think I acted out because my ego was bruised over that. And it, it is, it's simply because listen, I, I mean, there's, there's other people I could be texting and talking to that I think that it selfishly would be good for to be in my life more. But the reason why I have a soft spot for him is because I see much of myself in him. We have a very similar childhood story. He's about 10 years younger than I am. I see a lot of the things that he's going through, and I have compassion for that. And I, I am not, I'm, I believe that I, I've been rewarded and blessed with all the relationships that we've had come through here, and I've self selfishly been able to consume a ton of people and a ton of information. And because of that, I feel I feel the desire to give back to some people. And when I meet people that I feel I have something to give to them, I feel compelled. And 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 I think that I was irritated because he didn't value that, and so I acted out like a child. And I poked at him on, on Instagram, you know, because I, and I know 
that like for me like I don't think it was like I said he was on my shit list right like on my Insta story somebody and it it all was happened fast it wasn't like this methodical it sounded more cheeky than anything else right, okay so thank I'll you I felt like that's I, I thought I did it in a playful way it wasn't yeah. like yeah, I wasn't trying to no 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 yeah, I, yeah. and he he took it didn't it, come across as malicious he, he took it like I was trying to really uh, you know attack his character and I was like no, no, no. I, I first of all I tagged him I tagged him knowing that he was going to read it I wasn't if I was talking shit about somebody like that, that well first of all i would never talk shit about somebody and not tell them to their face it's just not my style but i wasn't it was more he's on my shit shit list what is that like something your dad says to you your kid right. right and and that's what i told him i said no don't think of it like that i said think of it kind of like an older brother slapping you on the back uh-huh. of the head that's what it was and that's yeah. what i said sure. what i said, <laughs> what I said. Right. yeah that made that's a lot a great better. comparison yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he was definitely upset i mean he went back and forth with me for, for a while on yeah. text message but i'm just like listen kid like, I don't, you know, I don't have the time to, and I know you're a busy fuck too. Like, I understand he's busy. And so, you know, I think it was over a week, a week and a half before, you know, I had said something for him not like responding. And it's probably only because I took the time to write something heartfelt. It wasn't like, yo, bro, what are you doing Saturday? Yeah. It was like, I, I, I recognized something that he was going through. I too have been there before. I see lots of areas in his business that I can help him and give him advice and mentor and I sent it in a very heartfelt sense, and then he, and he didn't acknowledge it. That's probably that's why that's why it's hurt. Of course, yeah. of course. And so I told that's what I told Katrina. I said so. My ego was probably bruised a little bit, and I said so. You know, I did that to him, and it was a, it was a little jab. I was being a dick. I know I was being a dick, but hey, you know, here's the thing, man. I you it, it, a lesson hopefully was learned in that situation because I'm the type of guy that I what I would have what I could have done is just now never talk to him, never respond to him, never reach out. But because yeah. I feel compassion for him and there's but- some value there it's it's um I, i'm an, i'm similar i think we're all kind of like that uh, you know i'll give somebody everything the shirt off my back the second i feel like you take advantage of me or mm-hmm. don't respect me i just cut you off forever yeah and, and that's just how i that's just how i operate we've had relationships like that with people who we've worked with who come on the show or whatever and you know and then afterwards be disrespectful and then that's you know that's cool you yeah. just done. You just were never. Yeah, never I just. Talk again. I just think yeah. about the the Mike Ruscios, the Mike Matthews, the Ben Pakolskis, the Ben Greenfields, and I mean the list just goes on and on and on. Paul Checks, like the Tom Billus. I mean, I have incredible relationships with all of these men that I wish that I could spend even more time with, and don't have the time to communicate with them that much. So when I reach out to someone like that, who I'm, I'm not getting anything selfishly. Like I don't want anything from you, kid. Like I don't need you to to do anything for me. It's I see something in you that uh, that I have compassion for because I see much of myself, and I'm trying to lend a hand out. And I'm the type of person where I'll lend that hand out a few times, and it's okay if you don't take it. I get it, but to not acknowledge it and mm-hmm. to kind of blow me off like that, like oh, it's yeah. okay, like that's that. Yeah, that, that yeah. for sure bothers me. I mean, a side note on that just made me think about the how what a tough way to make a living based almost solely on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Like that's my that would be the social media your portrayed persona, not even like your like everyday self. What a tough one yeah, to provide! Tough. It's a tough one to provide real value through. I see a lot of I see a lot of people going down this path, man, and it's it's a it's it's the worst. It's it's a it's a platform, and it's an important one because lots of people are on it. But it's not the it's definitely one that I wouldn't if I had to pick which platform to to, to find my success that would be at the bottom. Yeah, it's hard to provide a lot of value with Instagram, and it's so fleeting. That's a tough one, you know what I mean? Well, you could even see how much uh, it bothered him because of how he responded, the way he responded to me via text when we were going back and forth. I was like, man, 
I knew that I would poke. I knew I was poking at him, but I didn't realize how much it was going to affect him because, man, he really does care that much about what people say on social. Like I don't, like, I don't give a fuck. Respond, say some shit about me. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, like you know, like, I don't like it's it's social media. Like yeah. I care about what people who meet me in real life think well, about. Well, also me. think right. about it this way though. So you know, we're we make we made our bones through podcasting. We have other platforms too, but this is what we where we built everything, and this is where we continue to build things. If somebody says something about you in a negative way, something that's not true, you know, I have an hour and a half to two hours to explain myself and talk and, and communicate on the podcast and do it with a lot of discussion and value. With Instagram, it's short sound bites. And somebody attacks your character on Instagram, it's very difficult to come back at them in a short with that short little sound bite. It just looks like drama and it just looks like bullshit whereas with podcasting it's not uh, it's, it's different it's funny I, I was having this conversation i would have called me back right back out that's what i would have done i yeah. would have been like oh adam's crying because i didn't return his text message like i would have like yeah. totally like yeah. jabbed back at me and i would have totally received that you yeah because like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. i was you know i'm poking at I you i think he did the right thing to contact you though personally yeah yeah you know what I'm saying? well that's what he was he was mad because i didn't follow up again i'm like well i'm not what i am not i'm not the guy who fucking i'm not the chick that's going to text you seven times <laughs> yeah, with no response yeah, yeah, yeah. i got better things Brandy. to do with my day <laughs> I got better, and it only came up yeah. because attention to me somebody asked you know i'm at, like one of the things i do and i try and do this for the audience as, as much as i can like i've set a goal for myself personally to try and do it once a week where I do these Q and A's because I get a lot of uh, a lot of response and, and I feedback. still haven't done one. I need to do one. I, know, I gotta yeah. do that. Yeah. I definitely think that like at least my following really enjoys that. How I, long does that take you? Because I know it it's, takes it's quite like an hour or so. No, you gotta dedicate way more the, you gotta dedicate way more the day. Oh, the, day the day I'm doing it, I'm oh, doing wow. it for four or five hours like straight. So I do it and I try and time it on days when I know that one I got home early. Uh, and Katrina's not gonna be home later, so I have this gap of where I could like literally be plugged into my phone for four hours straight because I can't even get to all of them. Like, there's probably a hundred people I didn't get to answer mm -hmm. on there, but I try and answer. My goal is to get through as many as I can, and so I'm just like quick answers. They're quick and they're witty and whatever. It's actually a quite brilliant yeah. way to to. to touch your you know, I love your it yeah. I love it I, yeah. I think it is a really neat way you get you can tell it's me if anybody who listens to the show can tell it's me it's not like and I think that's what people enjoy about it is we don't get to interact with our people that much I'm definitely not somebody who likes to talk to insta story all the time but I do find this is a cool way to give back and allow people to communicate with mm -hmm. me and get really a response from me personally. And so my goal is to like plow through as many as I can and respond to them. And so his pop, someone literally just said like, you know, what do you think about Bradley Martin? And that yeah. was like fresh yeah. on my mind because yeah. fucker hadn't responded <laughs> to me. And like, so I just threw <laughs> oh, a Oh, yeah, here we I, go. I threw a quick jab, yeah. you know yeah. what I'm saying? But in my in the way I was looking, it was more playful. But I definitely, you know, I think I, I offend him. And I got nothing but love for you, Bradley. So if you're listening to this podcast and, or you get wind, I'm sure it, it'll, everything gets around. It's like high school once you get to this yeah. level, right? Once you're at this point where so many people listen to all the fitness people, it's like, I, you know, right away, you know, people will go talk about people it. People will so. say something. Yeah, so I got I have a lot of of love and respect for this guy. I think his I think his heart is in in the right place and he's doing a lot of good things and I and I hope that I can help one day play some sort of a role in 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 helping making that even better for him, you know. Yeah. Hey, just a, a change gears here. You know, as I was driving over here um this morning, two things are, you know pop into my head. One is the the state of insane traffic that we now have in, in, in San Jose, which, which <sighs> literally um, is probably the most stressful part of my day, is driving through. It has gotten worse, hasn't it? It's terrible. 
Yeah. It's really bad. I've noticed, and I don't know if there's just more companies hiring and just bringing people into the area or what the hell's going on, but I know there's developments happening all near where I live now, so it is. It's getting it's it's getting like gridlock out there. We it's crazy. To, we have to blame Google and Facebook and Netflix. I don't blame fucking, them. I don't blame I think yeah. they're great. Everybody's here. No, it's, pre- it's bringing so many jobs here. Yeah, yeah, what I blame is is shitty, you know, planning, city planning, um and the the yeah. inability of it's so difficult to build homes and houses in this highly regulated. Do you know what I believe? We need those Elon Musk tubes. I believe in our lifetime for sure that we will laugh at this period of time. Uh, you know, we'll laugh at the trafficked years. I was just yeah. going to say that. I believe. I believe in our time. You know, we will sit back and we're like, dude, you remember yeah. that you used to sit? You used to have to drive. You used yeah. to. You used to. to you used to, to drive. You angry. You used to drive five miles across town and it could take you 45 minutes. You know how stupid it was we did that? Like, we will, we will sit back and and talk about that. People do not realize. Here's the thing about uh, that I love about economics is many times uh, there's the unseen, there's things that you don't see. And so you think they don't exist. But what we don't realize, a lot of people don't realize, is the tremendous amount of waste that happens and inefficiency and non-productivity, the opposite of productivity that happens because of traffic, because of commute. It's insane. If we eliminated the hours it takes people to get to work, the way that the gas that it takes, the the resources that it wastes, all that if you eliminated all that and people were able to connect and work, you know, more more quickly or be productive on the way to work, you'll you would, you're going to see what's going to happen when when this becomes a reality. You're going to see an explosion of economic productivity because so much is wasted mm. in this process. And so as I'm driving here, I'm thinking about exactly that. I'm looking around thinking, this is not going to last. And the second this really starts to change, we're going to see shit explode. Markets explode. And then I thought about, uh, you know, then I started to think, wow, how much is it going to change like stores, like actual storefronts and places that you drive to and like, are, are we going to even need? We're not going to even ever need to go anywhere. It's already sort of eliminating a lot of retails. Like you just see like chains going out, you know, f- out of business, like left and right. It's interesting to see, like, just because the convenience of being able to have it delivered to your house and also just, I mean, it, it's just so much more accessible. Well, and I and I see people, you know, who who does this, and it, it was really funny to me when when I saw Tom this way, like Tom Billu. So Tom Billu lives in this fucking amazing, beautiful mansion up on the top of Hollywood Hills, right? Mulholland Drive, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he, I don't know if he has a car. I don't think he has a car. He Ubers everywhere. 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 And I remember the first time- he works while he's Ubering. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Like when you think about someone at that level, like you're, you're probably considering a you know $100,000 plus vehicle. Mm-hmm. When you break down what that would cost you monthly to maintain- Never have to find parking. You right. can work while you're in the car. Right. Yeah. The cost of the Uber itself, if you do the math, if you actually do the math of how much you spend and minus out what you would spend on gas, insurance, potential car payment- you're probably saving money, and he oh. does those private jets too that uh, are like kind of Uber, right? Yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, but it's it's crazy to me because now you have like Amazon Prime that delivers to your house, you know, right away. You have overnight delivery. You have like like our sponsor Thrive Market, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Which they're basically an online, they're an online grocery store. They offer a lot more than that, but you know, organic, non-GMO products. You buy from them; they ship relatively quickly. Do you know how impossible that was 10, well, 10 15 years especially, ago? Especially, you know, shit, yeah. you know how impossible that was just five years ago for organic foods? 
It's crazy. I mean, that's, oh, I that's the thing that's really challenging is to be able to to find that because that was like a, a specialty just 10 years ago. So that is something that's really unique. There's all the things that we would have to drive to go get is slowly becoming. When it gets to the point where you can order something, because it's going to happen, where you're going to be able to order something online and it's going to be at your door within an hour, yeah. they're fucked. Everybody's fucked because when I think about the time it takes me to drive to the store, you know, so drive to Whole Foods, mm-hmm. buy this, that, and the other, you know, if I could just at that moment order something and it could deliver already, I already use delivery stuff anyway, but yeah. sometimes stuff pops up that you need right now, right? So you have to drive to the store. When that when that's done, they're fucked. They're screwed because and, and it's going to eliminate middlemen. I mean, this well, is why, like I said, you know, I know they're our sponsor, but. When you think about it, you look at the products that Thrive Market offers. Like, do the math. Look at how much they're charging for organic, non-GMO products. How are they able to charge less? Well, because uh, there's no middleman. There's deals. Yeah, like on everything. Yeah. I, like just going through the dog products and everything. I'm like, oh yeah, they got wipes because like he's got those floppy ears that are always like getting infected. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna grab those. I'm gonna grab this like specific organic food that uh, we're gonna try this out, and it's been like rad for that. But there's just so many things that they're they're eliminating the need for you to really go, you know, physically to these places well, again. And I start thinking about like Christmas shopping. Like th- there's so many people that have not I've physically s- Christmas shopped anymore. I've s- so we're Katrina and I are on year three now of that. Year three. So for the first like five years of our relationship, it was like the old fashioned yeah, way. Go to shop. the store, shop. And I remember after the first year that we did Amazon, you know, like a couple weeks before like, you know, Black Friday and it gets crazy because what's that? Cyber Monday is right after that. Yeah. So yeah. we we start like the week before that. And dude, it's so awesome. You know, and the the plus for especially for Christmas shopping, when you point out that, it comes in a box. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So then not only do you get the gift- In the that, wish list that you can keep adding to. <laughs> yeah, dude, you just <laughs> fucking wrap. It's so much easier. I'm like, dude, I will never Christmas shop ever again out there. Like, bro, it's crazy. Bro, think about yeah. it this way too. Because as I think about, uh, if I as I think about and try to figure out the unseen consequences of, you know, and, and by the way, when the car was invented and, you know, suburban, you know, areas were invented, that was a huge boom uh, economically, but now we're at a point now where we need to move past that. And there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of waste and inefficiencies that happen as a result of it, and that'll be gone. And here's another one: think about houses. How much space is dedicated to parking your car? I know. Parking your car in the garage. No. What happens when you no longer? You know what's going to happen when you no longer That's need another a garage? new room. You've yeah. got another room or two. Yeah. What about what about parking lots? What about parking lots? All that wasted space. You know how much space is dedicated to parking your car? Mm-hmm. How much time is dedicated to trying to find parking? All that shit gone. Oh, yeah. Retail space, I think, is going to shrink tremendously. If you look forward in 50, you know, 30 years, which is a, a long time, but even 20 years, you have to imagine that the total amount of retail space that exists is probably going to reduce dramatically as the the demand for retail stores continues to drop and drop and drop and drop. And what you'll end up having is these big fulfillment centers like Amazon has with, you know, delivery that comes straight from there. And I'm pretty sure at some point shit will get delivered to your door by drone. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be, we're almost there. The science is already, yeah, yeah. the technology is already there. It's, it's why it baffles me when I see like, we just had a smart and final right up here from the studio. Like you see how massive that is? Like the amount that, that had to have been a 
multi multi million dollar project to to build that up. Like I don't know if I'm a company right now. I'm investing that heavily in, in, in a brick and mortar type. Well, place. imagine yeah. if you're well. So Whole Foods gets bought by Amazon, so we could see what that transition is going to be like eventually. Oh, that's right? going to be Thrive's biggest competitor. Yeah, yeah that's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and kudos to Thrive for being ahead of it because the race is on. And as of right now, Thrive is the is the number they're the number one. Online. Yeah, they're the number one online leader, and so. This is going to be interesting to watch, you know. And th- I love it because we win. You know, all the consumers yeah. win when they compete and fight for our money. It's great. You know what I think about, and is you know, in our space, being more specific to fitness, is you know, the the, the formula forever has been you know, gain gain traction, get an audience, get enough people around you, pivot into a supplement company. And I'm so glad that we were so anti doing that because. It to me, it is only a matter of time before Amazon just fucks everybody. Mm-hmm. It's game over at one point. I mean, there are they're putting all the chips in place, and it is only a matter of time before they flip that switch on and they have the best product for the cheapest prices to your house faster than anybody else, and the reviews to back it up and prove it. Mm. They're almost well, like a global vending machine. Yeah, if yeah. you're a supplement company, how the fuck are you going to compete with that? Yeah. If you're a mind pump and you start a mind pump, well, supplement- so far what Amazon has done is actually increase the success and the the viability of a supplement. Company. Of course they because- are. They're helping them all. You know what? Yeah. It's like letting the fox in the hen house, yeah. bro. Yeah. Come on in. Yeah. Come on in. Let me let us let, let us calculate all your data and figure out what sells the most. Well, what's the most popular? And what- here's why. <laughs> and here's why because yeah. because they control the shipping and the storing. Yes. That you they will, they'll be able to charge the least. Yes, so they'll be able to get the same quality. That's product. what I'm saying. They will be able to give you as good, a better, a better product, or as good of a product, and get it to you faster for a cheaper rate. Yep, yep. And you, it'll be easy to filter through what's the best because the star ranking and the reviews, and you will feel very good about buying that mm-hmm. supplement because it's like, oh shit, like there's five thousand people on here yep. that have done it and it's got a four and a half star mm-hmm. rating. Like, and old brands mm-hmm. are are they should be scared because the rating system destroys the whole brand loyalty thing. It kills oh, it. Oh yeah. Like if I go on Amazon and, I'm, and I want to buy an herb or a, or a supplement or a creatine and I see the old school guys that I remember and, and you know recognize EAS and you know all those brands and then I see a brand that I've never heard of but I see it's got five stars it's got 75 reviews I read the reviews they're good probably going to buy it in the past I would have never bought it I yeah. don't know that brand right it, I'm not going to trust it but now it's it's so it's an interesting it's interesting what's happening I you know what I'm fascinating to see I'm fascinated to see what, how Walmart is gonna is gonna pivot because Walmart still to this day is the, the largest employer in America. They're fucking massive. Mm-hmm. They have their own brilliant shipping, you know, the ways that they ship things and connect things, and they have their own network. They're a massive behemoth of a company. They've got to be looking at this and thinking to themselves. They may be too big to fail. Like so, they and so, just so you know too, Walmart is doing something. Uh, their answer right now. So they have this pickup thing, and my buddy's done it already. So first of all, if you didn't know, organic is the, or organic. Walmart is the number one distributor of organic food. Still, yep, yeah, they're number yep. one still because so they're, they're so huge. Exactly, and they now have this like pickup thing. So you order everything on on online or whatever that you want, and you pull up, and then someone will come out and put it in your car. Yep. Mm. Nothing. Yep. You don't. Have to, it's already you paid for. Step on. out. Yeah. They just. They. You don't even have to get out of your car. You pull up to a pull up a, a, a parking spot there that's designated for this. Mm. They come out. They drop the groceries into your yeah. car, yep. and then you and you come right back. So 
They're getting pretty close. Now that's that's now that's good until delivery's faster than well, that. and that's I you know, <laughs> you know I, what I'm saying they're yeah. that they're that big that it I believe that it will they'll be able to, to pivot easily is what I'm saying. I hope. They well, will. I don't mean I don't I don't hope. I, I think cares? I think they I think they'll cool. battle Amazon. I mean I don't think you they're they may be too big to fail. You know you you could they could cut their stores in half, fire fifty percent of their employees, and save millions of dollars. Well, we need competition for Amazon. Yeah, and talk yeah. you know talk about that like Walmart firing half their the half their staff or whatever half their people. That would be a major. That are, we would actually see a drop in our economy. In, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. That's how big of a company they are. No, no, wow. you know it's pretty crazy. Real. I saw a video on. Did I see it with you guys? And I think it was Domino's. It was a Domino's commercial. Uh, oh, were they fixing the roads? No, 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 uh, no, no. They were testing a self-driving pizza delivery car. Oh, that sounds about right. Did you guys see this? I don't know. Maybe Doug, you can. They're making can a lot of interesting moves like that. Look up self-driving uh, pizza delivery car. But they did have that initiative to, to fix. Like if you if you had like roads that were really bad and like poorly mismanaged or whatever, they they wanted you to ride in and then they would like. Uh, they would pay it, for it. Yeah, they'd pay for of it. Of course, because it benefits them. It benefits them to get there. Just right? like it benefits, yeah. uh, you know, e-commerce companies. Uh, yeah, it is. Ford and Domino's test self-driving delivery cars. So in the commercial, the the car, you have an app. You order your pizza. The app shows you where the car is. It pulls up to your house. There's no one in the car. There's a little keypad on it. You type in your code. The fucking thing gives you your pizza. Oh, and wow. it fucking drives away, dude. <laughs> and it drives away. Wow. How cool is that? Yeah. That is pretty cool. All food's going to be delivered that way. That's, Think of that, right? It's going to drive up, you're typing your code. It's like Total go. Recall or something. I feel like that's been in a movie where like, you know, some automated self-driving car was like delivering pizza. Yeah. What a trip. And then you guys saw that video of the, the, the what was it, that machine? Oh, the robot? The robot doing oh, parkour. That, that's yeah. Parkouring and jumping. And, bro, don't tell me that's not, that's oh, not terrifying. Oh, bro. <laughs> They had another one I should have showed you. Like there, <laughs> there was a robot. It was just like it was like running down the street, and then it was like looking around the corner, and like you, you see this guy looking out of his window, and he's looking out like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like it was like running down the street, and then it stopped and was like looking in the window. How terrifying would that? Well, be? you know, you know what's going to be. We live like in the Silicon Valley, which is like tech capital of the world, sure. right? So a lot of the things that we get to see, we get to see it fairly early in comparison yeah. to the rest of the nation. So what's going to be funny is when it's been here for like a year and it's been uh, the norm, yeah. and then like somebody brings the yeah. robot back like you, <laughs> back east somewhere, yeah. right? It's or like south. Iowa, it's just like, and you're like, you're sitting, you're, sitting on, you're sitting on your porch smoking yeah. some weed, just yeah. chilling, you know what I'm saying? Like, and have no clue Shotguns. about this has already evolved well, and we're here now. Well, bro, don't, <laughs> oh I, I don't think for a second, one of the biggest investors in these walking, running, parkour type robots is going to be the military. You, Mark, my words. Well, of course. They've Mark already... my words. Because robots don't say no. They don't get PTSD. They fucking, they're, they're, you know, obviously much harder to kill. And at some point probably will be cheaper. Dude, I've already humans. showed like, so the hand gesturing technology with like these like little mini tank drones and then also the flying drones. Yeah. Like the, these guys like will walk out with uh you know these other soldiers and and he would literally like take this little mini tank and like drive it through just like hand gesturing it around oh. it was a trip man did you cool. see the boston dynamics uh we're watching the they have yeah. the one up there right now where he's moving the box away and the robot's trying to pick it up how funny is that like, no so did you have you guys seen the box. have you guys seen the dog one that they made 
Well, I've seen it with. Um, it's on four legs. I What's his so. face? He, he he had a picture of it with him. Yeah, it's it's on four legs. And uh, what's that? There was an episode, I think, of Black Mirror with a with a, a robot dog that was going after the woman and killing her. Oh, yeah. I've it's seen so it. realistic. Uh, you yeah. could totally see that shit happening. Yeah. Anyway, super. It's it's funny. Uh, Justin, we were having this conversation uh, when we drove in your truck together, I think when we were going to Tahoe, how um, was it? Was it Elon Musk that said that machines never forget? So they'll remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that was a point he brought up in the podcast he did with Joe Rogan, where he was saying that, like, um, as far as like like that goes, like like you're talking to Siri or you're talking to like this this AI. Basically, all of that is cataloged forever. So if you think about like the the initial conversations you'd have with Siri, like ah fuck you, bitch, and blah, 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 blah. the robots you know, will remember, like remember that and like how you treated them. Initially, now yeah. think about that. Like, as that develops further, and like they they sort of screen you as like a problematic or, or like <laughs> you know somebody that's like going to be aggressive towards yeah. them. They'll know because yeah. they'll be like, you know, like, no, I remember. He <laughs> said, "Fuck you." Actually, <laughs> actually, that's a great sci-fi movie where yeah. like a dude's at home and a robot shows up at his door and is like, "We're going to throw you in jail." Like, I didn't do anything. Like, actually, we've cataloged yeah. all of your behaviors. And we've predictive be, behavior will tell us that you yeah, know at yeah. some point you will be violent, and, and they play it for yeah. you and shit and all the weird shit that you Son say. Son of a bitch! Yeah, Dude, so. I should have smoked weed for this episode. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know we were going this direction. Oh, man, it, 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 it freaks me out at night. That's what keeps me up. Dude. You'll eat another bag of the skinny dip. I know. As you say, pass those suckers over to me. You know, uh, I actually. So we they're, they're way too addictive. Get them away from. No, Katrina and I. We we agreed we weren't. We just ran out our last one yesterday, and uh, she's like, "I think we should not order them for a while." I'm like, "No." Oh, keep dude. them. I want them coming. She's What's like, your favorite flavor, though? Oh, I'm definitely the coffee one, dude. Uh, the yeah. espresso chocolate. Yeah, good. Yeah, I can't, dude. dude the, the the chocolate peanut butter. I just, oh my god, I can't get better than that. Yeah, it's super 100% good. Well, it's it's those ones are like candy to me. They're so they're so sweet and good. I feel like the at least the the coffee the espresso chocolate ones. I feel like it's a a, health, a little bitter. Edge I feel to like it. it's I feel like it's a, a healthy good treat. You know, like <laughs> I, I feel like I can justify having. It. And then I also make sure I order the single packs. That's key for me. Oh yeah, that's good move because then it limits your totally hand grabbing. Yeah, so because yeah, then he limits himself to yeah, three three packs. <laughs> Just, no, I'm good. Like it, I, I, I'll go down. We keep them in. The, we like them cold, right? How many so, calories is a full? Two hundred and twenty calories. See, it's not bad. No, it's right. not. It's if not you bad. Manage yourself, and it's a good amount. It's a good amount right there. But they have the other size up, which is like eight hundred calories if you eat that whole thing. And I have done that. Oh, I've sat out. down and crushed a whole big bag of it. And I'm like, okay, that's we can't order that anymore. We have to order oh. the the small ones because it can get. Well, out I've of been eating those and watching like scary movies. You know, it's just yeah. What's like, up with you and scary movies? I don't lately? know. I I don't know. It's just like I'm drawn to it for some reason. I guess it's because I hadn't watched any in so long. And then there's all these creepy options, and I'm like, hmm, that looks weird. You know, let's check this out. And it turns into like the most horrific psychological terror like I've seen in you know in a long time. I want to watch a scary movie, a good one though, a fucking terrifying one with you guys so bad. Fuck Especially off. Adam. Fuck Adam off. will scream. So bad, dude. Somebody asked me that on my my questions last night. They asked, like, you know, my favorite horror films. I'm like, I don't watch scary movies. I said, when I watch <laughs> movies, I do it because I want to relax. If I want to feel anxious for two hours, I'll go ride a fucking roller coaster. Yeah. Like, that's just- Have you what's, Have you ever seen, you've seen one, though, Of right? course What's I, the scariest one you've ever watched? Oh, Is there anything that fucking just stuck with you? Uh, Chainsaw Massacre was pretty scary oh, for me when I watched that. Oh, demented. the first one was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I watched it as a kid, right? So That's I watched, not a good movie to watch as a kid. 
No, no yeah, wonder. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember. So my but my friends when I was younger, like, that was they, Exorcist. You know, think about teenage boys all growing up together, and I'm the only one who doesn't like scary movies. So of course we watch scary movies yeah. because everybody thought it was the funniest thing ever to watch me squirm yeah. while I watch these stupid movies. Now that I'm a grown ass adult and I don't have to fucking try to appeal to my friends, yeah. I don't fucking watch them. <laughs> so I'm not gonna fall for you wanting to watch them. Dude, because- me and my buddy played the Ouija board at a cemetery. Oh right? my god, you guys at a cemetery. You were, yeah. You're weird. We dude. did and. And you know what? It's, uh, <laughs> you know, the human psyche is pretty interesting because we're obviously terrified. I was like 15 maybe. Mm. And we did it at the cemetery because we fucking, oh, it's going to be fucking crazy. It's going to be so scary. Uh, whatever. Yeah. You will create shit in your mind. Of course. Well, that's what you do. Yeah. So, you know, I saw a demon, but I'm pretty sure I, cre- I created it. <laughs> I don't know if it, I'm pretty sure it wasn't real. I yeah. Was, you know, I know The man. Ring scared me. That was scary for me when I watched that. I watched that when it first uh, came out. Like, that was a scary movie. I've watched quite a few scary days. movies, but I. I like I like movies, scary movies where at the end I think something is a particular way and it completely twists. Oh, me. like Sixth Sense. Yeah, like where I'm like, what yeah. the hell? I did not expect that. I I'm- can watch like see, I like suspense slash like twisted movies yeah. like that. I like twisted movies, but I don't do good with the the boo ah. You know, oh, that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't like to be on edge. I don't like to be wondering like something's <laughs> going to jump out any minute now. Oh, this is the best. And feel that way for Can me we too. do a haunted house? <laughs> a, like a real one? Like a like haunted a good, corn like the, field? Yeah, let's Something's do it. Like crazy oh my God, like that's that. good content for YouTube. <laughs> I believe we oh, don't, don't one of our malls close down in, this month and actually turn it into a... a, a, a like, like a gyros or whatever? Like a huge haunted house. Yeah, oh. that we, they used to when we were younger. I don't know if they still oh, do that. My, my, kid, my, my boy's like... The Sbarro pizza. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! I love that. That's Mm-mm. so fun. I wish yeah. I, I wish I liked it more so we could be into it, but I don't. <laughs> Sorry, and I've tried enough times to know that it's not going to be something that grows on me. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, MAPS Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Quee-qua. First question is from Evolved Fitness. I'm a personal trainer and have always been against group classes because it's hard to have everyone do good form and technique. How can I not feel like a hypocrite by running boot camps to help monetize training and my time? Ooh, fun question. It is, right? It's <laughs> yeah. a good question. I want to get into is real. and I want to get into how you can run a boot camp in the best way possible with the most integrity, but before I do, cuz I know we're going to get into that, it's going to be a great discussion. But before we do, this is a, there's a lesson that I learned later on in my career as a personal trainer that was one of the most important lessons. It was one of the most valuable ones. And that's this, that my clients aren't going to be perfect. My, the way I train people is many times not going to be in the best way that I can deliver it because the person won't receive it. Uh, my clients aren't going to eat in the, in the best perfect way for themselves usually. And so I had to at some point realize that Am I doing them some good? Am, are they benefiting more from doing whatever it is we're doing than they would if I said to them, hey, you're not doing everything I want you to do and everything's not perfect, so I don't want to train you anymore. This was a lesson that took me a while to learn. And it got to the point where I understood, you know, I'd have clients who train with me for, you know, three years 
and they'd meet with me and train once a week because that's all they could ever commit to. And the rest of the week, they would kind of eat bad and they wouldn't be active. And old me would have been irritated and would have fired my client. I, I, how many trainers say that? Right? I'm going to fire uh-huh. my client. And then I, you know, I start to realize, like, wait a minute, <clears throat> am I having a positive effect on this person? Are we inching, however slow it is, towards a better life in a better relationship with exercise and nutrition? And the answer, 99% of the time, was yes, even if it wasn't as fast as I would like or as perfect as I would like. And let's be honest, is it ever as fast as, I mean, I'm the one with the knowledge and understanding of exercise and nutrition. It's never going to be fast enough for me. If It's never going to be perfect enough for me because it's easy for me. I've been doing this half my life. So some people, here's the deal. Some clients, you're only ever going to be able to touch through group classes. Some people will never hire a personal trainer one-on-one mm. because of the cost uh, or because they just don't want to. And are they better off taking your group class if you run it well than they would if they not had no interaction with you whatsoever? That's the real question. I, I think that's a, a really good way to put it. I struggle with this a lot. So, um, And I shared just recently on, on my Insta story I've, when I was going through the, my file cabinet, like my old boot camps. And, you know, I, I had at one point I had three camps a day running six days a week and I had a trainer working for me and covering half of those those camps. And so it was like a side business that I had built up and I'd built it up to be really successful. And where I had lost my passion for it and why I didn't continue to evolve, because, you know, someone might think like, wow, if you were making that much money on the side and I really was working very few hours, you know, why wouldn't you potentially quit the other things you were doing and then pour everything into mm-hmm. that? Cause I probably could have grew it into a, a fairly large, you know, six figure business that I could have been doing. Uh, I, where I lost the passion for it was because I didn't feel like I was helping people as much as I I could have been. And I felt like a lot of the people that I, you know, that may have thought I was helping them because they were burning a bunch of calories in my class, I really wasn't setting them up for long-term success. Now, that being said, later on, um, after I kind of eliminated, because one of the, I, I, I like being in group settings just because I like the challenge of multiple people with all different stuff going on, and I'm I'm a social person, and so I li- I like the. There's set. a lot more energy. It's I mean it's yeah. more fun too. You know, a lot of times so right. being in a group. Right. So I, I like all the that aspect uh, of doing group training. But what I felt like was like you know if you the, the typical boot camp looks like this where you you set up a bunch of circuits where you've got you know warrior ropes and you've got medicine balls and bosu balls and dumbbells and jump ropes and you know you're doing this like circuit base kind of like fucking curves type of a setup and and that is what people were looking for they want to sweat they want to they want to be sore they want to get worked out really hard and i fell into that trap of of providing that kind of a service for a really long time. And it, it did eventually eat away at me, and I realized that I didn't want to continue to grow this. So I got rid of a lot of the camps. I kept a handful of them that I still did, and I still to this day help out a lot of the camp, the people that used to come to my boot camps. Now, where it's evolved, and if I were to start a, a group class now, it would look like what I do now. And what I've done now is I've taken the knowledge that I've learned from like FRC and Aldoa and some of these other certifications that I technically don't have, but I've just, I've read a lot of it. They've had, they've held the courses within our facility. So I'm very familiar with all the material and I have now incorporated a lot of the, and the lot of time, shout out to Dr. Brink because, uh, you know, Justin Brink has completely evolved 
uh, my knowledge and level of, of uh, body mechanics and un- the understanding of the body and how it moves and, and being able to break somebody down at a much deeper level than what I was before. And so now when I run these camps, I'm doing a lot of things that I know uh, may not burn a ton of calories and build a ton of muscle. But when I look at my demographic in my boot camps, they were the average age was probably 55. You know, and what I know about 55 year old people today is most of them suffer from chronic pain. They've got poor mobility. They've got all these like issues going on. And so taking them through warrior ropes and jump boxes and fucking crazy circuit type classes really is doing a disservice to those people. And then what I started to do is I molded it around this kind of FRC model and I started taking them through 90-90 moves and combat stretches and, you know, handcuff with rotation. And so I'm teaching these mobility drills to these people. And, hey, that, that burns calories. So you do a, a lizard with a rotation back and forth, 10 and 10 on each side. And uh, l- most of those clients that I was doing that with, like, got a little workout. And, and I bet your retention is much yeah. higher. Oh. Because the, the problem with boot camps is the retention is terrible because people tend to burn themselves out That's exactly. or get hurt. And the, yeah. so these people that I still do this with, and I, and I do this as a free service now, uh, just a way of me giving back and um, I do it whenever I'm in town on the weekends. I, I text them all on a, on a Friday night and say, hey, I'm here. Who, who can make it? And most all of them show up every time they can. I hold it in our studio. And they fucking love it. And it's because of the way they feel as soon as they walk out. I mean, if you do an hour, anybody who's familiar with FRC or Eldoa, you spend an hour doing FRC or Eldoa. And I guarantee, I don't care if you're fucking 20 or you're 60, you get done with that and you feel amazing. As opposed to how you feel after a traditional boot camp circuit, which is like you're dead. I think that's pretty much the only way to like apply like a group setting these days. I I think that there's a lot of value in what you're talking about. I think the only other thing that I could think that um, if I was to go back and and try and structure something in a group setting or like a boot camp. Like I would add one very specific skill into the mix uh, that everybody learns. Like and everybody goes like a squat. Like a squat. So all we're doing for the entire session is breaking it down. And you know it would be like kind of boring, but you'd have to look at it as educational. Which then you know could be meticulous with everybody and really work on the little nuances. And apply FRC, and apply outdoor, and apply all these like mobility practices um, to further them because the, most people that go to these boot camps and these group classes, I mean, they're just deconditioned. They're deconditioned. They want to get in shape. They don't understand, uh, you know, all the prerequisites, all the things they need to uh, improve upon in order to to provide better movement, better function, and to then catapult that into uh, momentum into the gym. Yeah, I, I I have a tough time sometimes watching some of these boot camp classes. Sometimes you'll see them in gyms, um, and other times you'll see them in parks, and it's just it's trainers yelling at it's just people. sloppy. Yeah, it's trainers. Yeah, come on, come on, go, 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 run, 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 yeah, lift, fall. and it's just it's really really bad training, and so I have an issue with that. But you know, here's the other thing with with fitness and personal training in particular. It's similar to other professions that are passion driven in the sense that like like people are artists not because they want to make a lot of money but because they have a passion for art. Someone's a musician not to make a lot of money, it's usually because they have a passion for music. And people who choose a career in fitness typically do so because they have a passion for and a belief in 
movement and fitness and health and it's their passion. And if you, and this is the thing, like, you know, when you have a certain understanding of fitness and health and you have a passion for it, it can be hard to do a boot camp because it doesn't follow that passion. Can you make a lot of money in group classes? Yeah. If you run them well, like a business, the potential to make money is higher with group type uh, classes. You could scale the fuck out of them. You know, if, if Adam had a passion for boot camp, he could at some point have 50 classes running all over the Bay Area and he'd have a seven-figure business. Try creating a seven-figure business as a one-on-one personal trainer. Mm-hmm. It's almost impossible. It's very difficult or extremely, extremely rare. It's so, so the money potential is much higher, but if you, don't have a, if you have a, a real passion for true fitness, it becomes difficult because it's hard to deliver that in a group setting. But again, that being said, I think if you do it with integrity and you put it together in a way that will benefit people and you also understand that the way I used to treat boot camps was it was a great low barrier to enter into a relationship with a fitness professional. So the way mm-hmm. I looked at it was, okay, I know that I could really deliver tremendous value and long-term success to clients who work with me one-on-one. The problem is, the big hurdle is, the initial cost because mm-hmm. personal training is not cheap. You know, if you go across the country, it's anywhere between 50 to $150 per hour. And although a lot of people can afford the $50 an hour rate, it's still extremely exp- expensive. And that's going to prevent a lot of people from ever creating that relationship with a fitness professional. So what do people end up doing? Just getting a membership at a gym, trying to figure out on their own and the success rate's terrible. But group classes offer a nice lower step. It's a lower mm. barrier. So, okay, I'm going to take this boot camp class and instead of paying, you know, $50 an hour and, you know, training with a trainer twice a week, which is $100 a week, it may cost me $100 a month, mm-hmm. which is far less. And I get the kind of get the experience of working with the fitness professional. It's much better than working out on my own. And so my goal with these classes was get people in and then eventually help and to them to transition to hiring me one-on-one or help them create a better relationship to where they can start training themselves appropriately. Yeah, I, I also had, and I was kind of like Adam where I was like pouring myself into boot camps as like a side business where I was trying to develop that. And that was sort of taken off, but I was just uncomfortable with the whole thing. And it was just kind of getting away from me. I felt, and plus, cause I was on the other end of the spectrum of like really, trying to enhance the one-on-one to like a level that I felt like nobody else was doing it. And I was trying to get to like sort of primo, like I could take care of like basically be like your health, like manager. Yeah. For like five clients, right? Yeah. For like five or six clients. And so it was like completely in contrast to that. And so it was just like the opposite model. Yeah. I just felt like this is just so dumb for me to, um, you know, have both of these running simultaneously. It was like a complete polar opposite. And so, one thing I did do though that uh, you know I know some trainers have done this as well is is do the whole buddy training thing, um, where like uh, you know husband and wife or like really good friends uh, they sort of band together and they they they, they pay for like your hours time or like a you know a little bit longer than that. I actually would prefer them to go like hour and a half to two hours if it was a buddy because. It, that that's another thing where yes it's it's already that's a compromise for me as far as like programming is mm-hmm. concerned because now my time is divided and I'm not watching it just doesn't it's not never going to be the same as just that one-on-one attention but 
Uh, I feel like that's a little bit more manageable as far as like if, if cost is the real issue, like let's work this out to where, um, you know, I could still like have my hands on and program something that's of yeah. value for both of you. Yeah. When I, when I look at the value that I provided uh, as a fitness professional, um, some of the value is in the exercises and techniques that I did with you and brought you through and, and got you to move differently. But a lot of the value was the communication Absolutely. that I had with my clients, yep. my, my ability yep. to yep. sit and communicate and, and teach and guide and lead them to this new relationship with, with their body and exercise and nutrition. And the problem with group training is that's reduced dramatically. Mm -hmm. I, I can still have people do exercises and stuff, and I can even, if I, if I do a really fucking good job and I have other trainings working for me, we can even kind of optimize their form and stuff. Still not to the level of one-on-one, -on -one, but it's going to be a lot better. But what I'm dramatically reducing is my ability to communicate and get through to people. And what I, what I would do with my boot camps is I would save the last five minutes for a five-minute talk. But still, it's five minutes. It's more of a lecture. It wasn't nearly as effective. Now, when I do like what we do now with podcasting and YouTube and stuff like that, well, now people are tuning in to listen. Mm -hmm. And I get to touch the masses in similar ways to the way I did. Isn't that funny one -on -one. how we've all evolved? Like that was the that was exactly what I found was the communication and the back and forth of like the, the constant asking of questions was the most success I've had with 100%. people. And now this is all we do is that part of it. So exactly. I'll give whoever's asking this question, here's a, like a, a killer formula if you're going to go forward with the, the classes. If you don't own Prime Pro, invest in that. So whatever, our, I don't even know how much we sell that for, but whatever it's it's sold for, invest in that, which is under $200 that you can get this program. Pick eight exercises a week that you're going to go through. And I would stick with those eight exercises for a minimum of three to four weeks for your camp. I would And this is exactly how I teach right now. So the, all the movements that I teach in my group class are from Prime Pro. So take eight of those, and I, roughly eight, because I'm, I'm giving you five to ten minutes per movement because you want to spend that much time taking them through each one of these movements. So pick your favorite eight to ten out of Prime Pro. Teach that in your class. While you're teaching that in class, review one topic that you learned on Mind Pump the, the, the last time you listened to Mind Pump. I literally did this at Orange Theory, because when we were first starting Mind Pump, I was at Orange Theory. I had a real big problem with that group setting. I don't like the model as far as uh, you know injury prevention and overall mobility. It's really just all about burning calories, getting points, and being in the orange and shit. And so I modified my classes that I taught this way. And so at, I would leave the last 10 minutes to do some sort of mobility work that I teach them while they're doing that. And I, I have, I'm limited time there, so I have to follow the rules of the franchise. So while I'm, I'm teaching like one move and then I'm talking about one topic that we probably just talked about on Mind Pump the night before, and that was really my formula for success at, at OTF for the couple of years that I was there, I would take a page out of that and I would teach at a Prime Pro for my camp and I would teach a single topic that I was just freshly learning that, or even if it wasn't something you learned, it's just fresh in your mind because you've heard us discuss it on the podcast like the night before. And I think that would be incredibly valuable to most of the people that are taking your class. Next question is from Andrew PMF. What would you say are the pros and cons to going into business alone or with a partner or partners? Mm. You know, partnerships in business they are interesting. work, right? Well, I was going to say, uh, one of the biggest cons is the the odds of it succeeding are really low because partners, part, it's hard to, it's, it's like being married. It mm -hmm. really is. Mm -hmm. when, when you go into business with a partner, 
that is your business partner. And that means you're going to, hopefully, if you guys succeed, this is a person you're going to work with for a very, very long time, intricately, in both sharing both the profit and loss of the business. That being said, here's the deal. Um, you know, when when you start a business and you want to do really, really well, it's very hard to find people who can complement you with talents that you don't have or possess who also have the same level of responsibility, conscientiousness, conscientiousness, drive, and passion who will also just work for you and get paid by you. It's very difficult to do that. If you find someone with those talents, with that same drive or whatever, they typically don't want to work for you. They want to work with you. And so like, for example, there's no way in hell I would be able to do this having, like if I found Adam, Justin, and Doug and say, hey, I'm going to pay you guys to work for me, they wouldn't work for me. These guys are way too badass to work for anybody, but they're they're awesome enough to want to partner. And so that's one of the big pros is that, you know, I, I can focus on my talents and my skills and the stuff I'm not, you know, as good at, you know, one of these guys is better than I am at it. And so we become, or some... The sum of our parts is much is much more than what you would normally add up. It's not one. It's not two plus two equals four. It's like two plus two equals ten, because everybody works together and and it's this uh, this synergy that starts to develop. But I will say this: this is the first time I've ever worked with partners that I felt like that. I've mm-hmm. had partners before mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like that. Um, this is the first time where I'm like, wow, this 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 works better than anything I could imagine because of the people that I'm working with. It's just hard to find those kind of well, people. Well, that's. I have a really hard time answering this question because, and I get this a lot, people are always very interested in how it works with four partners, right? Uh, and how, how Mind Pump manages that. And they always think like, oh man, it's there's going to be a time when you guys are all going to implode or whatever, right? And and so I get asked this a lot. And if, you, if before Mind Pump, I would be super anti the partnership. I, trying to, I was trying to count while you were talking, Sal, and I, I counted off the top of my head at least five partnerships mm-hmm. that I've done businesses with, and none of those businesses still exist today. So obviously, uh, even though I might have been semi-successful while they were running and making good money, they all ended in you know either you know the business dissolving or and potentially some of them actually in, in, it ended up in uh, no longer having friendships with some of these people that I had relationships with. So it's never really ended well for me with with business partners. And for the first time in my life, I agree with Sal that, you know, I, I it's never worked like this. And so I think it really can be um, an act, a, absolute destruction and explosion or it can be absolute fireworks. And I think that we we lucked out and, and have, and I, and I hate, I shouldn't use luck because I don't think it's luck. I think it's a, a combination of the four men in this room and their experiences over the last 30 plus years of their life that has just, we came together at the right time. I think um, as massive of egos and confidence that we all have, uh, it's it's equaled in, in humility and the ability to step aside and let another partner take, uh, take charge in a part of the business that you know. Because here's the thing, and this was a little bit of a challenge I felt like when we first started. I think we were all kind of finding our rhythm because any person in this room could literally do any part of the job, hence, except for maybe Doug. Like Doug has a part of this business that, you know, he has the most power because there's certain things that he can turn on and off that the rest of us just fucking have no clue. So we would be fucked without Doug, no doubt. Mm. He's he's for sure the most irreplaceable <laughs> out of all of us. But nonetheless, 
every person in this room can pretty much run all aspects of this business. So the the question now becomes like who does what? And what we've the humility part that has came in with the, the, this partnership is we have the ability to say, hey, Sal's doing something. I can look at something Sal's doing. And go, I I could do that, or I want to do that. I'm used to taking charge and still doing that. But I have to ask myself, is he better at that, or am I better at that? Even if I'm good at it, like he's better than I am at mm-hmm. that. So I gotta let go of that. I gotta let go of that and trust that he's got it, and I don't even need to worry about it. And the same thing goes for Justin, and the same thing goes for Doug, and vice versa. So we have this ability to allow each person to take charge of a, of a part of a business, which is hard when you have four entrepreneurs, four visionaries that are used to handling all aspects of a business. But it's been it's been amazing, and it's been uh, it's been important though. And um, I this is something I just did an interview recently, uh, and we got into my childhood and stuff, and. And we talked about uh, some of the strengths that I have as an adult now that have stemmed from, you know, the, some of the turmoil that I went through as a kid. And one of those things is the ability to build relationships with people. And I pride myself on this ability to build really strong relationships with with a lot of really good people. And I have believed that I have harnessed this skill to see the best in everybody. I see that in the worst of people, I see the best in them. And I feel like we have collect we have a collection of about nine people within Mind Pump right now that all are very unique and special in different ways and we really allow them to express their strengths. And I think we I think we have to have we would have to have been here in our lives in order for this to work. Mm. Um, I don't know if we could have made that happen at twenty five years old or not. I think I don't think so. I think, I mean, there's a multitude of factors to that. I mean, there's the fact that we all had our own individual pursuits before this where, um, like you'd mentioned, I, I, I had multiple partnerships and I, I'd gone through other businesses and gone down certain paths and, and figured out um, what wasn't working, what, you know, where, where it all kind of stopped. And, and a lot of the times it was communication and communication. I know that we all share uh, on a daily basis. I mean, we, we sit here on the mics and we talk, but literally this is That's most of point. it, most of it, we get out there in the open. And I feel like if you don't have <clears throat> the kind of relationship with somebody where you can literally talk about anything, like, I mean, it doesn't even matter if like, if it's a relationship going on, you know, with your significant other, like whatever's going to affect you kind of coming into the business is going to affect the business. And, uh, it, it's, it's a very unique thing. Uh, that 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 each one of us sort of share, and plus, like you'd mentioned, with you know the humility factor. So uh, you know, being able to be strong and confident, but then realize that uh, you know where somebody is better than you, right? Like, like not letting that affect you in a negative way. Just bettering yourself at your strengths is something that I think that is a real big challenge for people because it's. It's like you're you're known like I'm always known for taking care of all this myself. Like I'm I'm doing I've always done this myself. Like now to to let somebody else run with that, and then I'm trying to like find my way in this direction. It's it, it man, it's tough. But you know what? Like if you can find all of that, like and if you've gone through the process of failing and uh you know putting yourself out there, putting yourself on the line, letting other people you know, critique the way you do things and judge you and you can be resilient enough to handle that. 
then a partnership might make sense. Yeah, and it, you know, there's a few good lessons to learn. You know, it, it took me. I mean, I've, like I said, all of us have been through partnerships, and some of these lessons you learn later on. But you know, it's like here's a good one. Here's a good example. I'm going to make it more concrete. Let's say you and your business partner have a disagreement over marketing. Let's say they think it's a great idea to do a particular marketing strategy and they want to invest $30,000. You think it's a terrible idea. You don't think you're going to get any returns. You debate, you go back and forth. And at the end of it, you reluctantly agree to let your partner invest $30,000 in this marketing. You think to yourself, eh, I don't know if I really fully believe in it, but you're really you know, for it. So I'm going to be reluctant. We're going to invest the 30 grand. Let's say they invest the $30,000 and you lose most of it. You barely get any return. Here's what you don't do afterwards. You don't go back and be like, I fucking told you so. You should listen to me. I'm the man. You know what you, you, know what you should yeah. do is you realize you both made that decision. Yeah. At the end of it, you go, well, You're fuck. You're a team. We, we both decided. I know that was what you were pushing, but I am, I'm part of this team, and we all, we all share the fucking victories, and we all share the failures together. And that's a big mistake. That's a big uh, area where people fuck up with partners oh. is they only share the victories, You're but nobody flashbacks, dude. Nobody wants <laughs> to share the failures. Nobody wants to oh. share the the, the the painful painful partnerships. It, it's true. Nobody wants to share the failures, but mm -hmm. it's more important to share the fit. Look, here's a deal. Like if we do a project and Justin's leading it, and I may disagree with it or whatever, and then it fucking crushes. We're going to share the victory, but at the end of it, I'm going to tell Justin, that's fucking you, man. You did a great job with that. Guess what happens if it fails? I'm going to take full responsibility along with him because that's what it means to be Instead partners. of pointing the yeah, finger. Instead of pointing the figure, finger, we share in the failure, and that's the part where people fuck up because at some point, mm -hmm. at some point, and I can say this for us too, um, unless we have a perfect streak for the rest of our lives, which is highly unlikely, at some point, we're going to fuck up business. We're going to make a big mistake. Something's going to happen. It's going to be a learning experience for us. And it's going to be something that one of us or two of us was fully invested in and the other guys maybe just whatever. Mm -hmm. But at the end of it, you know, I know the team that we have at the end of it, we're all going to be like, all right, this is all of us. We all did this together. Let's, let's move forward. And you have to feel that because just like a relationship with a, a you know, just like a marriage, you know, well, you know what, you know what, where divorces happen and why, why marriages typically fail because small resentment is allowed to build over time, and mm -hmm. it turns into fucking large resentment. Mm -hmm. And then, you, you know, you're, the, the other person does something small, but it feels so big because you resent all this other bullshit. That happens in business too, yeah. mm -hmm. and that's why you you can't let that happen because business is fucking hard. It's yeah. challenging as hell. It's I, I I really like yeah. it's a short almost day. I think I read it in a, two days or something like that. Is Mark Cuban's uh, this, the business of sports or sports of business? I can't remember which one it is. It's Mark Cuban's book though. And I, I, I do believe that we have fostered this culture within our, our business and that there is no touchy there is no touchy subjects. There's no place that one person can't go either, is that we encourage this debate and argument about something. We really do encourage that. If you here's the thing, if if you feel that something is a bad idea or you don't like something and you don't speak up, then it does exactly what Sal says. Then it then it you right. bury it. And then it starts to build and build mm -hmm. and build. And you wait and, for that moment to lash out, right? Later. And, and then mm -hmm. it turns into animosity, and then it turns into pointing the fingers. If you can, if you can create a culture within your partnership, whether it's a single partnership or a multiple partnership like we have, where because it, it's it's inevitable. I mean, we've definitely had yelling matches, and we've had many disagreements. We have many things that have never been see, how to win. That's what it's called. Sorry, thank you, Doug. Uh, I thought how to oh how to win at the sports of business. 
uh, you know, if you have if you have these disagreements and you find a way to, you know, at least get it out and communicate it, I think that you're already winning half the battle. I think most people are afraid to have that friction and afraid to have that conversation. I think if you can start to do that and you have a partner that is can embrace that and their ego isn't so fragile that they're going to take it personally, because it's not personal when any of us, if someone says, if someone brings an idea forward and one of us goes, no, I disagree or, oh, I don't like that or I think that's wrong. It's not, I'm not attacking you or he's not attacking me. He's thinking about the better of the, the business. And now I want to hear what he has to say. Well, why? Why do you think that's wrong? Well, mm-hmm. tell me. And then, well, I think this is going to happen. And people aren't going to like that. They're going to receive it this way. No, I disagree. And we'll go back and forth like that. Mm-hmm. But it's never about being right. Yeah. And it's then when the decision's done, leave it. Right. It's done. We've decided. Let's let's move forward right. now. Yeah, we've all decided, right? Yeah. And, and it, if it fails, we all fucking decided. And that's why that's it's it. that's why partnerships play out. typically fail because yeah. how hard is it to find one person who who understands that, let alone, you know, another person, another partner. And that's why it can be very, you know, very very difficult. Next question is from Kristen Sala. How do you approach isolation exercises when training in a low rep range? Should I just do compound movements in a low rep range and isolation work in the mid range, or is it okay to do heavy lateral raises, skull crushers, etc.? Yeah, you know what I love about resistance training is that there's definitely these general rules, but then they don't apply to everything. Yeah, and 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 some of the stuff I can explain, some of the stuff I I can't, and I can kind of try. But here's an here's a good example: some movements and some exercises lend themselves well to low reps and others don't. Yeah. There's just nothing bottom now, bottom line. Bottom line, like like low rep training and training in the low rep range has got value for anybody, especially if you never train it. It's gonna build strength and muscle and connectivity. Especially if you never train in that range when you do, you're gonna get great results uh, when you spend some time there, like between three to six weeks. But that doesn't apply to everything. Some exercises just don't work well with low reps. And it's usually the isolation movements. They just don't work Super well in low reps. Like you'll never see me doing sets of two or three reps with you know curls. Yeah. It just it's just not going to happen. Or lateral raises. It's it's just not going to happen. And and the truth is on the flip side. Some exercises don't lend themselves super well to super high reps. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're not going to see me do 30 sets of burnout reps with deadlifts. I'm typically not going to do that as my form breaks down. My injury risk starts to go through the roof. So when it comes to heavy Heavy low low rep ranges. Now I'm talking about below six six reps. Cause yeah, because five five bicep curls is totally fine. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking about the low low reps. Yeah, right? there's no reason to be doing singles, doubles, or triples. And it's not. And again, and I know you're saying this, but it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just doesn't lend itself well. It's just your time is yeah. better spent probably doing that with your big compound movements versus these tricep pushdowns, bicep curls. And, 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 and she used, he or she, is it a girl? A girl used yeah. a, a lateral raise. So two or three reps on lateral raises really doesn't lend itself well because if you're trying to do a lateral raise, you're trying to isolate a very small part of the shoulder that's responsible for a very small movement. When you try and swing heavy weights up to your side, it's almost impossible to not incorporate the bigger muscles. That's how right. the body works. The body says, it doesn't say when you all of a sudden you, because I want to do a lateral raise and because I po- pre- perform the pathway, it's just going to, it's going to isolate that part of the muscle. That's not how the body works. The body says, get these weights up to the side of me as easily as possible. And if that means incorporating the bigger, stronger muscles, it's going to do that. So it's really challenging 
to take a very small muscle with a very bit of uh, a very small intricate movement like a lateral raise and think that you're going to get crazy benefits trying to isolate that because what's going to end up happening is the traps the rhomboids yeah. other parts of the the muscle uh, bigger muscles are going to take yeah, it's over damn the damn near impossible to tease that out i mean to to really uh isolate just that one small muscle group and do that in a way where you're 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 really accelerating the amount of force production that you're providing your entire body and then you're trying to localize that uh in a single joint movement it just I mean, it's not not to say it can't be done, but it's just not. Uh, it, it, it's not advantageous. Yeah, it's not advantageous. Like to to do to focus on uh, gross motor movements with that is way more ideal because now what you're doing is, uh, if we're trying to like summon this amount of force production, and I want to get like all my body in, involved in that process, and it's just it's it's a lot more effective. And and you know the, the single joint movement is great as an accessory to the, the overall yep. gross movement. Yeah, yeah, and you you would have to be a very experienced, very connected person to do really really low reps effectively with isolation movements. I think I could do it, but I would literally have to sit there. And fucking perf be perfect and focus. There's just so much to focus on. Yeah, like imagine doing a set of two with with the heavy side laterals. First of all, it wouldn't be as heavy as I think it would be because yeah. the second I'd actually go heavy, my form would go shit. So the reality is it probably wouldn't be that much heavier. It'd just be super controlled and perfect with my form. Right. And then the other thing too is, you know, a lot of the benefit you get with the low rep is that whole CNS adaptation Using more muscles uh, is more advantageous for something like that because it's not really creating lots of damage, not a lot of reps. So if I'm doing like a heavy, you know, two reps with a skull crusher, am I going to get a lot of muscle building from it? I'll probably get more tricep building from a heavy bench press with two reps than I will from a skull crusher, you know, with two reps. I see a lot more value just in like isometric holds. Uh, yeah, you there know, you if, go. if I'm going single joint and I'm trying to ramp up my, uh, you know, force production, like that's something that's uh, it, it is controllable and it is something that you could do safely to where you're not, your, your compensatory patterns aren't going to just jump in and have your entire body kind of get thrown out and you're going to get, uh, you're not going to be able to perform it at, at the the best ability you can. Yeah. I remember I, I learned this lesson with, with deadlifts a long time ago where I, I, I was feeling really, really strong. I was super hyped. I was probably, I don't know, 28 or something like that. And I put 315 on the bar. And my goal was I was going to do 10 reps. I was going to do 10 sets of 10 reps with a 45-second rest in between. Okay, So it sounds fucking insane, right? Well, it was. And I was fried and crippled for – I couldn't deadlift for like three weeks. And that's when I learned some exercises just don't operate. And it's not like my form was wrong. Just when you when, – you know, with a deadlift, you fr frying yourself with that much volume – it's different on your body than if I did like a bunch of bench press or even a bunch of squats, which I feel like the body can handle a lot more volume on squats. So these, and this is all learned through experience because right. on paper, it doesn't make sense. On paper, mm -hmm. you think, well, what's the difference? Well, and, and on paper and in reality that there, it's not, you can't do it. It's, and it's not that it's, there's not any benefit from it. Like there is, and, sure. and you know, there's, I mean, all rules can be broken. Right. And that's, that's the hard thing about 
what we do is it's it, what ends up, and I'm always very careful about how we answer a question mm. like this because I never want to all of a sudden, you know, oh, Mind Pump says you should never do. Oh, yeah. right. No, no, I'm not saying that. Somebody could present a, a good case for it. Right, right. Yeah. right. There, there's always exceptions to the rule. And if someone with great mechanics and you've never done that before, have I done that? 100%, 100% I've done a single or a double barbell bicep curl. I've done it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't do it a lot because every like, guy's done that. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. I just want to know. Because, yeah. I want to see if I can curl the 45s. I mean, that's what that was really the desired outcome is like, you know, so people look over and see me curling 45s on a barbell. Yeah. Looks fucking cool. Well, but I mean, as far as it being advantageous, like we're talking about, there's 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 better ways to spend your time in the gym. And I think that's the argument that we're trying to make. Not that we're in a camp of, you know, you should never do that. It's, hey, there's a lot of other things that I think your time is better well spent doing. Next question is from Pete Sabra Music. Do you have an opinion on using CLA and L-carnitine as an aid to burning fat? Mm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get controversial here. As an aid uh, to burning fat? Yeah, like fat burning supplements. Okay. Uh, so here's a little Break it down. here's a little controversy for you. Uh, and I, this is only controversial because there's so much money being made selling fat burners. Over the counter supplemental fat burners are pretty much an entire waste of money mm -hmm. in time. They don't aid in what? in the body's Ability to burn body fat. They're Is not going to make you. They're not going to make you lose weight. Here's the controversial part. Uh, if you want to take a supplement that's going to actually help your body burn body fat, take a supplement that's going to help you build muscle. And there's really only one that mm. I can think about I that if you going. took, it's going to help with this process, and that's creatine. Mm -hmm. Honest to God, creatine is probably the best fat burning supplement you're going to find. Uh, over the counter. Oh, that's a great way to spend and, that. And and that and why like that. now? Why is that? Because if you add more muscle, your body now needs to use more calories every day. That's it. Right. Yeah, that's it. Because creatine is is the is the most widely studied ergogenic supplement. There's thousands and thousands of studies uh, in literature on creatine. It's been proven to be exceptionally safe. It's not perfectly safe, but it's exceptionally safe. Um, it's uh, and it builds muscle very consistently, strength and muscle very consistently. In every study, it's pretty much the only supplement that comes with that kind of a guarantee. It's not a hundred percent because there are people who are non-responders and people that get gastro issues from creatine. But for eight out of ten, you listening right now, if you take creatine, you're going to get stronger right away, um, and you're going to build muscle at a faster rate. And because you're building more muscle, it is going to speed up your metabolism uh, faster than if you didn't take it. And as a result of that faster metabolism you are going to burn more calories and burn more body fat. And so if I were to compare creatine over a six-month period to other fat burners, I'd bet I'd bet my car that creatine would kill them all in terms of the fat burning, even though it's an indirect well, be fat careful. burning Be careful. You don't have a jet anymore. That's true. That's true. <laughs> be careful. I'll bet my old car. Yeah. No, I think, that's a, I think that's an incredible argument that you just made and a great way to, to make it is just simply that. Is, I mean, most fat burners that you see on the market, the, the main ingredient in there that is, that is doing the work or that is that's, that the studies back up is the, it's affecting your central nervous system. It's the stimulant. stimulant. 
right? Because it has this, I mean, you could take caffeine and tease it out in a study and show how it's a great fat burner. Sure. Right? Because when you're on caffeine, you're, you have more energy, you're more jittery, you're moving more. If you're moving more, you're burning more calories. It's also appetite suppressive. Yes. I can, so then therefore I can show that if your body burns X amount more calories per day, per day, I can now throw that in a category of this is a fat burner supplement. And so a lot of the research that goes behind a lot of these supplements is based off of that. And so, yes, head to head, if you were to put creatine in that and we looked at it as a calorie burning supplement and which one technically would burn more calories in a heads up study, you would see the fat burners. You could tease that out to make it look like it's better. But in reality, the argument that you're making, Sal, I think is far better and is true is that, hey, if you end up adding two pounds of muscle on your body, I mean, yet for every pound of muscle that we add in our body, it's somewhere between, and this is another arbitrary number that somebody will debate, but it's somewhere between 30 and 80 more calories a day that your body utilizes. That's a big difference. That's a major difference mm-hmm. for somebody that, and a long-term effect that you're going to get by and adding- that's just being there, well, just right. sitting there. You right. don't even have to do extra cardio. You're just burning more calories. And it's just a, it's a far better- approach towards the problem of, you know, burning calories and speeding up your metabolism. And that's the thing too. It's like, you know, okay, let's say you take a stimulant and let's say it does effectively cause your body to burn more calories by stimulating your body to do so. Uh, at some point, and it happens very quickly, your body will adapt to that because your body doesn't, you're, you, you, ad, you stimulate your central nervous system with a stimulant you get this adaptive response where you start to down-regulate receptors. Your body stops producing as many of the catecholamines that get released from your whatever fat burner that you're taking. And so after about two weeks, you've lost that effect. Now, in comparison, if you build extra muscle, you just continue to burn more calories. As long as you keep that muscle, mm-hmm. your body will, will, will continue to burn more calories. So the strategy for fat loss should be around speeding up the metabolism, right. more so than it should be around but That's a longer-term strategy. I mean, I, I just... I, I feel like I could see somebody like that has reserves towards that like uh, that that strategy as far as you know adding in creatine and they think that you know now I'm going to be retaining all this water and I'm going to get this bloat and all this to go with it right which their whole entire goal is to burn fat and so that would be something that you know I could see is is sort of a barrier in that yeah. thought process. And by the way, like the, the water that you gain from creatine is not bloat. Right, no. it's 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 intracellular or intramuscular. Right. It intramuscular. The, yeah, it volumizes yeah. the cell. The so cell holds onto more water. You'll actually look leaner, yeah. although the scale might go up a couple pounds. You'll actually look leaner in the mirror because right. your muscles are fuller and giving you the appearance of uh, of you know more definition. So, you know, and that's the thing too. That's why creatine isn't sold as a fat burner, even though yeah. I promise you, it burns more fat no, than I fat. I totally burners agree, but yeah. I could just see your average person being like, "Well, I, yeah, I don't want to." Well, yeah, if you get a if you get a woman that buys a fat burner that has creatine in it, and then they take it, and then the scale goes up a pound, fuck, this fat yeah. burner sucks. Yeah, it's not going to work, and it doesn't work. <laughs> right. Not understanding what's you know what's actually happening. Uh, but yeah, fat burners. I mean, and here's the other thing. This is why a lot of people like fat burners. They make you hyper. Right. Who doesn't like to be hyper? It feels great. I like it too. Trust me. I used to take mm-hmm. ephedra. What a great fucking feeling that is. You know, you're hyper, you're on fire, you're running around, you're, yeah. you until feel like you take too much. <laughs> until you, and until your body builds a tolerance to it and then you feel normal taking it. And then when you go off, you feel like a zombie and you get that kind of rebound as a result. Um, so that's why people like them. The other thing too is they, they, they tend to suppress your appetite in a short period of time. Again, you take a bunch of stimulants. You're not going to want to eat as much, uh, you know, uh, ADD medication does this, prescription ADD medication. You go on some Adderall or Ritalin, 
and people will lose weight on those as well, but it's because they eat less right. uh, as a result of being on. But I don't, I, they're not true. Here's the thing. They're not true fat burners. They're not burning fat. No, they may no. suppress no. your appetite or they may make you feel hyper so you move more, but they're not true fat burners. Creatine is kind of a, a true fat burner in the sense that it's making you build muscle and then that muscle then burns more calories. And I would tell somebody who likes the feeling that they get from the burn, the fat burners, and that's why they take it, save your money and go invest in just straight caffeine pills. Yeah, exactly. Get, get straight caffeine pills and take some caffeine pills for probably a quarter of the prices like your average fat burner that's on the market and take a few of those and watch how, how stimulated you feel. Mm-hmm. And you'll feel the, a very similar effect as far as what you think you feel from this fat burner that yeah. you're spending probably 50 to $70. Yeah. Now, on. now to talk about the two specific uh, supplements that they mentioned, CLA is a type of a fatty acid and it does act on a, on a pathway that theoretically will get your body to burn more body fat. Studies have shown that it's pretty much a waste of money. It doesn't really do anything uh, for people when they've done lots of studies on CLA. Uh, carnitine, also similar. There may be some benefit for mitochondrial health, and some cognitive benefits, especially in people that don't consume carnit- lots of carnitine-containing con- uh, type foods like dairy and meat. Mm. Um, but again, I could really only see the benefit in maybe a vegan who isn't consuming lots of these you know, amino acids because their, their diet may, may be low in protein. But if you've got adequate protein intake and you're eating otherwise healthy food, it's it's not... It's just, it reminds me of like MCT oil. You know, There were some studies that showed that Medium chain triglycerides burn body fat, so people then were adding medium chain triglycerides to their to their dishes, thinking it was going to help them burn body fat, and then were you know shocked to find that they actually gained body fat. Well, the studies you with MCT oil is not adding it to the diet; it's replacing mm-hmm. some of their current fat with medium chain triglycerides, and because medium chain triglycerides tend to get <laughs> turned into energy, right. if you take out a bunch of vegetable oil and replace it with MCT oil you may lose some weight. But if you add it, you're just adding just calories. Adding calories. Yeah, it's not a, that's silly. It's not going to do anything for it. Even the, the, even the black market fat burners like uh, clenbuterol, even that you know, is not going to do much. Even if I gave clenbuterol to the average person, besides feeling like shit, oh, yeah. they're not going to notice all this weight loss on the scale. The only benefit is when bodybuilders take it you know, a few weeks before they compete, and that's because they're already so fucking lean that the smallest – difference is going to look more apparent but to the average person all that stuff's a waste plus of that stuff shoots your heart rate up like 400 times it's terrible <laughs> so i've all ran that long. before and i tell you <laughs> when you take clenbuterol it leans you out all right but it's because my fucking heart feels like i'm gonna have a heart attack all day oh. long <laughs> actually so, some studies will show heart not damage scary at all. well no it's it literally gets you racing i mean oh. it's there's not i mean out of ever all the different drugs that i've messed around with and tried like clenbuterol was one of the craziest things that I took, and I took that after uh, one of my shows, or right before one of my shows, and man, it, it did lean me out like crazy, but it what it did was it just, it made my heart racing, and so I can feel, I, it took me, and it felt that way for a good 8 to 12 hours of the day, where just imagine being anxious, ja- yeah, anxious all day long, <laughs> yeah. like you you don't sit that's still, horrible. you know, moving, 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 moving all day long, and that's really where the benefits of the fat burning comes from. It's not like clenbuterol goes in my system, targets fat, and dissolves fat in my body. That's not how it works. It you know makes me so goddamn anxious all day long. You can't sit yeah. still because you feel like you're on crack. Yeah, yeah. At some point, I'm sure we're gonna discover some some drug or some some you know maybe microbiome therapy that's gonna help people burn body fat. 
Uh, but until we get to that point, uh, yep, you got to do it the old-fashioned way. You got to. It'll be poop pills. Eat better and exercise properly, and that's pretty much it. Look, if you want any more information from Mind Pump, we have a bunch of guides, and they cost nothing. They're totally free. Just go to mindpumpfree.com. Download any of our guides. The latest one I just released, I believe, was how to work and develop uh, your delts, your shoulders. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. 